lost when I'm without you I can't seem to find my way Life's a bore All right, we are recording and I don't want to be an announcer because you're probably a better announcer than I am. Um, we kind of have a name for this. What were we talking about here, Miller? You said questioning education. I like it because it's available and it's kind of innocuous, but it's also perverse to some extent, you know, because we're, uh, the reform school got to me just because it, it seems maybe it has a weird connotation, you know, school reform, reform school, I, I get it, but I don't know. It's what we say in the business as a double entendre, I think, oh. <laughs> is what, I think is what you're searching for. Yeah, it's a double <laughs> entendre. Um, so, Trying to be clever here, Burgess. Um, well, I do go by bourgeois these days. Oh, sorry, bourgeois. Uh, that, it's so hard to keep be, your identity straight, you know. Yeah, that's going to be a hard one. Um, <laughs> did I tell you why I changed my pronunciation? Uh, to sound uh, more pretentious or French? Well, or There are two things. One, okay. I, I went to New Orleans at a conference, and I had a name tag, and the bell guy, African-American gentleman, said, Bourgeois, how are you doing? <laughs> and, you know, so I got a little credibility there. And so that that's when I the light that's started. What, that's what the, this, this is what this is about. This is why we're talking about this, is because... You had a moment of coolness, and you don't want to lose it. Yeah, they're so rare. But, uh, <laughs> the other thing, more practical, is my children, all three of them independently, started calling themselves bourgeois in class um, without <laughs> even asking, you know. And so they were bourgeois. Jenny uh, did the same. And so when I retired, which was, what, two years ago almost? Yes. Uh, gosh. Um I, I started doing it. I went down to this um, charter school in Houston area and um, they asked me how to pronounce my name. And so there was my moment. <laughs> and I said, did, did you say Steve? No, I said bourgeois. <laughs> and then a little later when somebody came in and she introduced me, I said, Burgess, you know, Steve Burgess, you know, <laughs> shook their hand. And I said, wait, <laughs> bourgeois. So it, they were all confused for about a year. <laughs> Um, and so, so I, say, I say you need to go full board on this and just start bourgeois. calling yourself Etienne, Etienne, Etienne Bourgeois. Then you'll be that. like a man of mystery. It doesn't sound too manly, the Etienne part. Well, it's French. That's, that's the, that's the risk you take. I think <laughs> you want to go in that direction. <laughs> Those words, French is always a little suggestive. It doesn't matter <laughs> what you say. Um, he sounds exotic. I think he might be, maybe we should listen to him. Well, Listen to his podcast. I think we should. Um, and your name, I, I tend to pronounce as if it were a German word and say Miller. <laughs> I don't know if you, we, we've, I've done that for years. Do you, do you mind that or are you no. upset with it? <laughs> no, I think naturally my name has zero intrigue attached to it. So I think, uh, I think anything to create that air of mystery, uh, especially since someone can see my face on radio. Um, goodness, yes, that's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing. So maybe it helps. I don't know. Um, it's really odd, you know, for people who don't know us, that we refer to each other with a German title. You know, I call you Herr Miller, <laughs> and you call me Herr Doctor. Herr Doctor, yeah. Herr Doctor Bourgeois. Um, I think the Germans think we're weird. 
by doing I think that. the I think the Americans think we're weird. I think it's a it's a it's a, it's a bicultural understanding. Yeah, we're a little bit behind. What was the other uh, title we kind of liked? Old school. Um, Old school. Yeah, you're saying someone else has that. Yeah, I, I searched it, and it was an actual podcast called Old School. Not but how many? Old school. But how many followers does it have? I don't think that matters with intellectual property. Um, how many followers you have? I think if they have less than a hundred, I think <laughs> we could usurp the title, provided we get more than a hundred listening to ours. Or maybe the definite article is enough to separate us. The if old school. If it, yeah, if they're the old school and then we're just old school, which is very different. Maybe well, think, the, the lack of a definite article is our ticket in. Well, maybe I think theirs does not have the definite article, so we would have to provide it. So we would be the old school. I like that. Um, okay, note to self. We're, our podcast is officially called The Old School. And then we need a colon. And think of something that goes after the colon. Uh, Do you still have a colon? Uh, I don't have a lot of things, <laughs> but a colon I do have. Um, I was on their watch list for about five years because they, they were after me to get it tested. Buzzard for circling? Uh, no, they, I, they they called me like every week. <laughs> uh, I get Are you sure of, you're okay, Doctor Bourgeois? Yeah, they they finally caught up with me. <laughs> And and I think I have to do it in like three years now. But I'm sure everybody is interested in that. It comes to us all. Uh, indeed. We all pay in the end. Uh, so, all right, so, so what, what do you think? Where, where do we head with this podcast that now has a name? The, what do we say? The, the old school. school. Yeah, yeah, the old school. Okay. I don't uh, think you need to emphasize the, like the University of Miami. Or the you, I don't think you need to do that. I just think if you just let it flow. I'm going to have trouble now. Because um, now you're going to overthink school. it. Yeah, the yeah. old school. The old school. Emphasis on old. Yes, the old school. Um, so what, what's the old school about? Uh, what's your elevator speech for this, this uh, product we're selling here? The elevator speech is education's got a lot of problems, not least of which trying to be like other places without actually doing all the things the other places are doing. So we're going to kind of identify potential problems, offer solutions in a very humble sort of way, and then see if we get any traction from that. It's probably not the best elevator speech. It's just off the top of my head, but I, just... I didn't like it. It sounded a little <laughs> formalized. Uh... <laughs> Were you reading from a script there? Yes. Well, maybe I was. <laughs> we, we need to do our preparation and then throw it away when we do this kind of thing. Um, so it could be just you know the the questions by themselves, and then we we play it out a little bit, and hopefully somebody listening will benefit from you know how we struggle with it, uh, even though our, our our opinions are pretty well formed at this point. And I think so. Maybe even fossilized. Um, Oh, I'd like to think that I'm still open, but I think on the whole, 25 years does provide a certain clarity to how you see things, you know. Well, if, if we didn't agree so often, it would be really interesting for us to debate these issues. Um, there's some... You like good cop, bad cop thing on the podcast? or Well, it could be funny. We could berate each other. Um, what did you know? What's that? Jane, you ignorant slut. See, I think it and you say it. <laughs> and I, I could not have delivered it like that. <laughs> I would have been a little bit careful with it and chuckled. 
quietly as I said it. You got to sell it. You got to emphasize the T. You got to just go into it. And I think there's certain, I think there's something about the delivery that you have to kind of nail. I don't know if I nailed it, but I mean, it wasn't bad. Um, But by doing that, you dated us, (laughs) um, which is in keeping with our title, I guess. Yes, we are the old school. And and we didn't really teach in the 70s. I mean, I started when we could guess, have. What's that? We could have taught in the 70s. I guess so. I, I started a little bit late. I mean, I was about 28, uh, something like that. But I, I student taught in 1987. Uh, my first job was 1988. Um, so, I, I, I mean, how about you? When was your first time? Uh, first year was 96. 96. Okay. So... In 87, I graduated high school. In 88, I was stationed in Sicily, I think, enjoying the good life. Uh, I, I never I never trusted any of your stories about your military history. <laughs> uh, Hemingway said he never trusts anybody whose story holds up. And so, so I, I don't believe it, a bit of it. No, no, it was nice. Um, the weather, the food. The, la- the ladies and serving one's country is a well. It's an honor, Doctor Bourgeois. It's an, an honor, honor to so. serve. Yes, sure. I, I can't. What, what can I do? Make fun of that now? <laughs> it's <laughs> like I've getting, just put up a force field that you cannot touch now. So yeah, I've been getting hate mail or something um, <laughs> from, from our tens of listeners. So, um, so, so do we think? We as in you, uh, that uh, it was more fun teaching in the 90s because I taught throughout the 90s, the 2000s. But was it better teaching then than now? And, and we can't talk about COVID, but just now in general. Well I, I, well, I certainly didn't have a sense of it at the time, but I think teaching on the the ass end of the lack of a you know, big focus on testing or what have you, I mean, those were the last few years when there was not really a strong emphasis on testing. Uh, there was a test, there was a state test, there was, um, there were AP tests and things of that nature. But as, but as far as that goes, it just really wasn't that big of a deal. It was like, oh yeah, by the way, we're having testing on this week. And it just, it wasn't something that was all in, all consuming. Well, back then when you started, I mean, particularly when you start and got teaching in Texas, um, it was like the toss test, which was, yes. you know, I remember that the, I mean, you taught social studies. It was the easiest test anyone ever devised. Um, I mean, I don't think anybody ever failed that. Did they? Some suggest it still is fairly easy. I mean, uh, but that it's was not really task. gotten harder. It so was, your yes. task was to teach students how to take a test that they would pass without even, I mean, they had diagrams of, you know, maps and they said, where's Michigan? And it's like labeled <laughs> right there. That's, that was my recollection. It was pretty darn easy. I'm sure it was that easy, but I mean, yes. I mean, the high school level, um, they give you a world map and then they ask you where's Michigan. So, <laughs> okay. So, but then it, but, it turned. It turned a little bit when it became. Now, how's your history? What was next? Well, I think once uh, George Bush's, um, yeah, um, you know. Um, Oh, hell, what's the name of that program again? Uh, you can't remember no child. <laughs> well, 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 it's all on the spot. I can't remember the name of it. It was um um Well, I just said no child left behind. No child left behind, yes, right. Oh, yes. You, so your hearing's going too as you get older. And I got headphones and everything, and I still couldn't hear. So I never noticed the headphones until right now. Wow. They're new. I got new headphones. It looks really weird, actually. 
I thought they looked professional. No, not this at all. This top part right here is like leather. It's like really, it's like really, it may be faux leather, but it feels nice. You have like a Orioles cap on. Is that an Oriole thing or am I It wrong? is an Orioles cap. It's really not a threatening mascot. It looks kind of silly, I have to say. Most people aren't threatened until they're threatened, until they feel it. You know, it's like uh, it's like they take us they take us for granted. They underestimate us, but then we rise out of the ashes like a phoenix, and then pretty soon, death and destruction will follow. You know, kind of like the uh, man on the pale horse. Oh my gosh! All but, of that. Now I forgot what we were talking about. We were talking about something in substance. What? No, I think No Child Left Behind was the beginning of the emphasis on not just testing, but testing as a way to to assess schools. So you're not just assessing the kids, you're also assessing the schools. And soon, as soon as the schools started getting assessed, that's when everybody started taking everything seriously. And then, uh, and then it became simply an exercise. The entire year was an exercise in taking these very standardized basic skills kind of test. And, and the classes got, dumbed down by the day it seemed like and so i think that's i think that's part of where things began to turn well i can remember the first time the the principal put up data you know, on, you know and showed how the school was doing they had little goals um and teachers started saying these are my scores you know how are your scores as if mm-hmm. they took the test uh, <laughs> i was fortunate and i've been fortunate uh, that there really was never a test in German unless right. they were fourth year students. So I, I had people take the AP, but I don't think anybody even talked about those results. Um, so not being a core teacher, I didn't really experience it. Um, I saw it around me, um, but, but it had an effect on you. So you're saying it got less fun when that happened? Well, it certainly became more about numbers than it was about education. And then, you know, to your point about the idea of people saying, you know, these are my scores. Um, I think I still am different from my colleagues in the sense that, you know, most of my colleagues, the moment the AP scores come out, I mean, the moment, I mean, they're on the website looking at what each of their students did. And I never felt the need to, to do that. You know, I've had, you know, did you see your numbers? What are your numbers? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I haven't checked. What do you mean you haven't checked? You know, and it's like, well, it's not my numbers. I didn't take the test, you know. And so um, it's not my legacy. It's the kid's legacy, you know, whatever their scores are. If they want to attest their, if they want to attest their legacy to a score, I guess that's their business. But, uh, but it's never been an interest of mine. And even before uh, our, our uh, coming together, our acquaintance, uh, uh, getting to know each other and kind of exploring, you know, our attitudes about things. Even before that, uh, I never, I never personalized my students' scores in that way. It's almost anthropomorphic. You know, you're, you're attaching things to it that it that it can't possibly possess. And so, um, it's, you know, my kids will thank me. You know, my kids will apologize. You know, the kids write send you email. Thank you so much for the five. I really you're the greatest teacher. I'm just kidding. No one's ever said that, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, they'll either say something to that effect or they'll say something. I'm really sorry. I, I don't know what happened. I'm just not, I'm just not good with tests. I'm not good at history. And, and, you know, one of the, one of the things that irks me the most is that what testing has done and what the emphasis on testing has done is that it has given students, it has encouraged in students 
the mindset that they are a fill in the blank only kind of kid. Well, I'm more an English person or I'm more a, you know, science person or something to that effect where they're equating their self-worth as a student in a kind of a grander sense to whatever score they got on a test. And I tell them, I tell them all the time, I said, it has nothing to do with you are not your score, you know, but unfortunately that's been, that's been one of the, it's been one of the negative side effects among many about this obsession with tests, assessments, scores, grades, GPA. I just rattled through about 10 podcast topics, I think there, but uh, uh, we, we can hit all of them. Um, I, I actually remember from, I don't know if it was your school, but I think it was that, that students, you know, really brilliant students referred to each other by numbers, you know, people in the, in the top 10 actual students, you know, say there's number seven, there's number six. And uh, I attended the graduation of my son a, a year ago. Did I tell you this? Yeah. That they a- announced um, the kids ranking and GPA publicly, uh, which is tricky. Are you allowed to do that? Um, well, I, I think that um, FERPA should be on the door. You know, I'm sure that, that leg- legally they, they went through some hoops and, and asked the kids. And so they're probably okay. But right. to me, it's unbecoming, you know, to, to show that. Well, you know what it's like? It's like, uh, it's like this, the high school is at the kind of a personification of that show, the prisoner, you know, you're number six, you know, mm-hmm. I'm number two, who's number one, you know, you know, that kind of thing where everyone's kind of identifying themselves by numbers. Um, talk about another old cultural reference, the prisoner, yeah. but, uh, That's okay. uh <laughs> but it is a dehumanizing kind of a thing. And it's, uh, I'd imagine it left you with an icky feeling. Yeah. I mean, I, I wanted to stand up and say something, you know, because it, it just kept going, you know, and I thought they're not really going to do this for all, all the kids. And they, they did like the whole top 10 or more and the kids mm-hmm. were right there. And, but the worst part is that nobody seemed to think it was a problem. I mean, no one would have even, um, lifted an eyebrow, you know, I guess I'm focused on that because that's my work. I wonder if my school does that. The problem is I don't, I don't ever go to graduations. Um, you have something against your students? No, I I say good job to the kiddos on the way out. I I would hope that high school graduation was not their lifelong ambition. Now I'm hoping they got more on the, I hope they have more on the docket than a high school graduation. That's just, it's not my high school graduation. Why the hell, why the hell would I go to a high school graduation? So it, it sounds like you also don't appreciate when they come back and visit. No, I don't, I don't want them to visit. I mean, they can, they can, and uh, they can buy me a beer somewhere later on when they're of age, but I mean, <laughs> I don't want them coming back to the school. I mean, and you know, someone said, don't you want you, don't you want to be there for your kid? They don't, they can't see me. I'm in the crowd. <laughs> You think they're going to be scanning the crowd going, where's, where's Mr. Miller? I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fine. I see my mom and dad, but where's Mr. Miller? They don't care. They got other things. They're thinking about the after party. They're thinking about college and getting drunk and doing stupid stuff. They're not, they don't care if I'm there. So. Well, I, I thought it was actually a duty that you were required to be there to supervise students. It seems like you're shirking your duty. I've not been, I've not been informed that that's a duty. <laughs> I tell you when I stopped going, 
Yeah. And not that I went a lot, but when I used to teach at another school, not far from here, uh, within range of the smell of cattle and stuff like that, <laughs> um, they, they had it so that when t- teachers wore their robes, that they did not want the teachers to wear anything that separated them from the other teachers, i.e. doctoral uh uh, paraphernalia or a master's degree, you know, the sleeves with the key chain holders, you know, the key key holders and what have you. And I said, well, I said, we're just, you just want us to be the choir then you might as well just put us in <laughs> choir robes and, you know, we could sit there and do a shimmy you know, on the back of the stage, you know, as the people go across and you call them by numbers. But um, so that's, I mean, if I had a pension to go, that's when it would have ended because certainly I've not been back since. Well, I, I have attended, I, I hate to say how many of them, but I, I started hating it when when the bell, what do you call the bell things that they shake? Cowbells. Um, I mean, <laughs> it, it's supposed to be a dignified ceremony, and but suddenly when they called a student's name, you know, one family had cowbells and they were yelling, whooping up, and then the next student, everybody had to do it for them, and then some poor kid doesn't have anybody and it's quiet. Um, but I, you know, I thought that the whole dig all you hear is the echo of his shoes on the stage. Yeah. Across the, yeah, it's just, it just became awful. Um, so I I stopped looking forward to it. I I used to do a lot of, a lot of piano playing back in Oregon and I, I played at um, graduation, you know, it was in the, the performing arts center. So it was quite a big deal and Mm. they were dignified ceremonies and I I really enjoyed them. And, you seem to take out away something different than when you're you're hooting hollering, I guess. And it's it's not just the parents; it's anybody who knows the kid just makes a scene. Well, the thing is, is that when you, you know, and I guess it should be said, I guess we should say that it's not. There's nothing wrong with being happy that your kid's walking across the stage for a high school graduation. But I think as soon as you do it, you've personalized the moment, and rather than see it on a larger scale, you have made it about an individual and I'm just, I don't know, man, I'm just riffing. I don't, maybe that doesn't make any sense, but there's, there's some, there is something about that where, you know, if, if this thing means anything at all, there should be some kind of solemnity. Is that the word? You would so, hope solemnness. So. Yeah, um, so. Solemnity is a great word. Thank you. But uh, no, no problem. I have a thesaurus right here. What's what's another word for thesaurus? Um, so um, some families, <laughs> some families have a, a child who's maybe the first high school graduate graduate, right. from the, and and so they're going to push back and say, "Well, we're darn well going to." I don't think I've ever said "darn" before. Uh, <laughs> going to um, make a, a scene because this mm-hmm. is a big deal. Um, but but maybe the principals or whoever is leading it could do a better job of settling settling it down. It's kind of like a judge in court. You know, you don't want demonstrations. There's not a principal in this country <laughs> that has the cojones to tell a crowd full of parents you are not to make any noise. Because because then the next question is, or what? <laughs> it's just, or what are you going to do? Just shut the thing down? I mean, it's like no no one has. I can't imagine someone having the gravitas to say that or having the cojones to say that. And then, then to try to carry it out and do something about it, you know, 
Yeah, they say it all the time. I mean, I do hear it yeah. like once, but then you're right. There's no follow up. It's a lot like um, student discipline in, in general. Sometimes I mean, yeah. remember when students had to wear a ID? Do your students still have to wear an ID? Theoretically, yes. Okay, that's that's it. Because these these are tough times that we're living in, and so a lot yeah. of rules have gone by the wayside. <laughs> I think so. But back then, I mean, I was teaching at a school not far from here. And, you know, the part of the teacher's job between classes was to make sure students had had their ID and kids would keep them in their pocket and they're supposed to wear them around their neck. And so you say, where's your ID? And so the kid says, I got it. You know, so my, and he said, you need to take it out. You know, and then there's that or what, you know, <laughs> or are you going to take them down to the principal's office you now because they don't yeah. have an ID? And the thing is, the vice principals know because you, because the teachers will ask, well, what's the consequences? Well, not so much consequences, but we'll tell them again, you know. So it's nagging. Basically. It's, it's, it's exactly <laughs> what it is. I've become their mother is the problem. So, so I don't know. I, I think, but I think, I think there are reasons to be depressed about the school system. I think there are reasons to be happy about it. And I, so I think I kind of see this as a way of emphasizing what's good, but also suggesting that there are things that need to be addressed and they need to be addressed holistically. These are not things that can be solved in isolation. And so we'll deal with them in isolation as one topic will occupy one podcast. But, you know, I think what we're suggesting is that these things have to be considered in total before we can make progress. So we really can't just cover a topic and move on never to re return. Um, I think there'll be plenty of returning to things and, and not just looking at it from a kind of a education standpoint, but also looking at it from a societal one. I think we're going to, I mean, I, I could see this podcast becoming a bunch of different things, but always kind of coming back to the application in the classroom and the application in the school system and how people think about schools you know, how people think about the purpose of schools, the focus of schools. So I could see a lot of things being discussed as a way of explaining that and enumerating that. So and I wonder why it's another thesaurus word, by the way, enumeration. You've hit a few today. I, yeah, thank I'm you. trying to hold on to mine, uh, as it were. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I had a point and I, I forgot what I was going to say now. Um, as we move on with this, what do you think would be something that we would not cover? I mean, I, as a researcher, I always think, what is the study and what is not? So what areas would we probably not get into? Well, I mean, there's certainly, there are certain political stuff that have kind of intervened into the education process. I think that's fair game, but I think uh, you know, perhaps politics beyond education, perhaps, or the college football system, playoff system. Maybe we don't talk about that <laughs> or, you know, I think that that, uh, it, the, the merits college, are frozen or yeah. Uh, college football is fun, but, um, yeah, we can keep away from that because we'll never solve that uh, for sure. Um, we probably won't talk about Trump. Um, the, the T word. Yeah. I think it's, maybe better that we leave that um for a while you know it's it's are you sure because i got a lot of hot sports opinions i'm ready to go i i yeah. I'm, I'm frothing at the mouth i'm ready to talk about yeah 
Now there, there are certain yeah. areas where we actually do disagree, you know, so it would yes. probably create animosity and they would, the tension would be palpable. Like you clay could cut it with Liston. a knife. <laughs> like, yeah, like clay and Liston in 64 or something <laughs> like that. Um, Man. Yeah. Cultural references get older and older. I think the <laughs> prisoner was like from 68 or something. My first president was Kennedy. Who was yours? When you say first president, what? you're talking about just what, who was in office when you were born? Exactly. Um, Nixon, baby. <laughs> okay. tricky, tricky dick. Yeah, so. <laughs> wow. I was, I was born in the age of Aquarius, the summer of love. See, I missed all the the good stuff of the seventies, but that's you're that's, playing guess, the piano. That that may be beyond the scope of this. Also, <laughs> how much we missed. If we get more than our families listen to this, maybe we can we can branch out to other podcasts that deal with other subjects. I didn't think that we were actually going to share this with anybody. I thought it was just for our own entertainment. It could be certainly <laughs> it start out that way, and in the end, it might end up that way. But I have goals. I have visions. <laughs> I'm not going to rest the rest of the world wears bifocals. Yeah. I have vision. Yeah, I, I can resist a easy punchline every <laughs> once in a while, <laughs> about 10% of the time. All right. And there I did. Um, well, should we end Call our day? Yeah. I, I think we've, we've done enough damage as it were. And, I think we're good. I think, I think it went well, don't you? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't see any, any downside to this. Okay. So I, I'm going to, Stop when you say Alfidozain or something. So long, farewell. Alfidozain, I do. We, we really said there's not going to be any singing, there's not going to be any chanting. I don't recall that. Okay. Just um, end the recording. I'm ending it as the music plays out, right? So much to say when you're here. It is of time stand still. Need your time so much. I just can't get my fill. It's in your hands to free me and in this misery. Darkness falls. I dream of you. so clear when you're near I'm right where I belong longing for when I'm with you and all the waiting time is
through. 